I got the city, I've been browsing. Treading water that they drowning. I head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Smash or Pass podcast, part of the Smash Accept Network of podcasts. We got a great guest tonight. We're super excited. You know, Normally we're talking about players to add, players to go trade for. Tonight we're going to kind of give you some of those roster cloggers, some of those guys we should get rid of. Before we announce our guest, joining me as always is my co-host FF Snoog. How you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing good tonight and it's August time now, so we're Tuning in on all the training camp highlights, watching George Pickens do backflips and catch one-handed balls on Joey Porter. So it's the best time of the year for me, and I'm assuming same for you guys. So let's get into it. And Mung, we're reshuffling the deck. If you guys didn't listen to it yet, we had Chris Christopher Harris, formerly of ESPN and Harris uh, Fantasy on, kind of in the middle of the day. So we're reshuffling the deck a little bit. Mung's on Smash or Pass. Mung, how you doing tonight, man? Good, good. I just uh, completed my first iteration of redraft rankings, so those are always a little chaotic. Um, a lot higher slash lower on some guys when you're actually shuffling them around in your Excel spreadsheet. But uh, yeah, go check them out. They're on Fantasy Pros, and uh, but we're here to talk Dynasty, so we can get into that. Yeah, and our guest tonight, you know, we've been we've been trying to set this up for a while. Guy, I super respect, you know, on the, in the Twitter community, always, you know, being positive and and you know, making sure he's interacting with everybody there. Uh, part of the Dyna- former Dynasty Dorks podcast, now part of the SGPN Network. My man Dave Heilman, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And I know Mung and Snooger to be here, so this is even better. Yeah, we got we got the whole gang here. You and I have been trying to, you know, get things lined up. Obviously, July has been absolutely crazy. We move into August. We're talking training camp, and you've been doing uh, a lot of work over there at SGPN. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the the articles that you've been doing and and part of your your dynasty journey going from dynasty dorks over to to doing that. Yeah, you know, I've been uh, been doing this for a little while, and you know, I work Pro Football Network as well. Um, done my own thing and. You know, got an opportunity to work with them and they've been great. And so um, recent article, I did a two part series on, you know, cut candidates. And because you're going to see a, a large wave of cuts after, you know, the third week of preseason. And then you'll have another, you know, large, probably more important cut. And so during that time, you see a lot of movement. And a lot of times it's those bottom of the roster guys. Um, but in Dynasty, that's all that's there on the waiver wire, you know, mm-hmm. like we can't be like, oh, go check and see if if uh, wide receiver 26 is on your waiver wire. He's not going to be there. Yeah. But like you can't find diamonds in the rough. It happens every offseason. you got to stay active. And all it takes is one move. And next thing you know, the guy's gone. And so I want to write this article before those happen and try to give people an idea of who could you know be gone, who could possibly move up because of it. 
and then you can go snag them now before it's too late. Yeah, and a lot of times we have these roster cloggers, these guys that we, you know, we hold on to names, you know, and we we hold on to the the old cachet and guys that we think are going to, you know, perform for us, and then we miss out on on the next, you know, big thing that hits off there. I mean, some guys that we've been picking up already that we've been telling people, guys like Daenerys Prince, you know, where it's like just coming out of nowhere. I mean, does he hit? Maybe not, you know, but if he does, you took a shot on him instead of, you know, cutting a guy that's your wide receiver 16, you know, somebody that absolutely has no reason being on your team. And, you know, like I saw a guy the other day cut Antonio Brown. Like he had him on his roster for two years, just hoping it was happening. You know, Tom Brady's in that area right now where it's like, all right, we can, we can, we can let go of Tom Brady, you know, and I did that in all my leagues. Uh, Snook, this is that time of year where we got to assess those roster cloggers. I mean, I would much rather have a shot at, you know, we, we've talked last couple weeks about some guys that were, you know, back end roster guys, the Chris Evans, the, you know, people that could pan out from the running back position. How do you go about looking at roster cloggers? I mean, I know you're in a lot of leagues. I'm in a lot of leagues. You know, we look at these these rosters regularly. How do you assess when it's time? I mean, do you look at age? Do you look at production? I mean, how do you go about figuring, you know what, it's time for this guy to go? Yeah, it all depends on who's on the waivers. If I see that there's a guy that I think there's a clear path to opportunity and scoring fantasy points on the waivers versus having a guy like Will Fuller or Tom Brady or Antonio Brown <laughs> on my bench, I can move on from those guys as well. But one thing that I do to try to keep close uh, contact with is just stocking the depth charts of teams, looking out for camp news, stuff like that. That's just a that's a giveaway. And another way that not a lot of people may do, but you can look at the sports betting apps and the, the books and stuff like that and kind of look at um, like lines and stuff like that. Like they project, they're pretty accurate too. They project like yards, receiving yards, touchdowns, all that good stuff. So if, if there, if you really do not know who that's a good 50, 50 toss up instead of flipping a coin, it's just checking your local betting app or something like that. But I just actually went through today and I cut Will Fuller in a bunch of leagues because he was one of those guys I was hanging on to for a while, but, I dropped him in so many leagues for like that Jason Brown league guy for the Jets. So he's getting up the hype and I know other people will value him more than Will Fuller, regardless of if Will Fuller is good or not. You know what I mean? And so- I th- yeah. And that's the good point there is like we're right now, you're not going to catch news on some of these roster cloggers and Mung, you know, when, when you, we're in a lot of leagues together, obviously there's 12 smash leagues, pretty much all of these guys. 30 we're 30 roster spots deep so all these guys are gone you know like we're not talking about you're going to go out there and you know you put on twitter who are some guys that are you know waiver wire material people are like hey check for pierre strong guess what he's gone eight rounds ahead of that you know like we are 70 to 80 different guys on there Monk, how do you go about the camp buzz i mean right now i know some owners they're like you know what anytime one of those guys on sleepers trending they're jumping in there other times, you know, how do you go about figuring out when to make those moves? Cause I get that question a lot. Like, should I cut this guy for this, you know, player X that's showing a little bit of buzz? Well, it's tough because I'm a hoarder by nature. Um, I got it from my grandma. So I try, I try not to <laughs> cut anyone who has some potential. Right. But yeah. I would say some general rules of thumb for my super flex dynasty rosters is, um, one quarterback or super flex, I like to hold on to running backs the most mm-hmm. yes, because that's where you see a lot of activity and a lot of churning with injuries. And that's where a lot of fear and uncertainty play into it, where guys who have Josh Jacobs right now, um, who had Saquon Barkley a few weeks ago, 
who have Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, these guys who are potential holdouts who probably won't actually because of the way the CBA is structured, but it's just that nagging doubt in the back of that dynasty GM's mind, right? Mm -hmm. Am I going to go into week one with Jonathan Taylor on my IR spot? So you can grab and hold on to guys who are running backs who even have a 1% chance of seeing playing time. So you're going down the list of Deion Jackson, right? You're going Mm -hmm. all the way down the list, all the new England guys, because we always know that team likes to churn their running backs. So running backs first and foremost, then in Superflex, I like just holding on to quarterbacks. So I try to cut wide receivers and tight ends because those guys, even when they generate some hype, it's very tough to get trade value because you never know when that wide receiver or tight end might go off for one week. And even then, it takes multiple weeks of sustained production for other dynasty gems in your league to actually kind of buy in and be willing to send draft capital. Whereas a running back could get a few touches with an ankle injury to the starter And all of a sudden, they might be worth a third or maybe even a late second, depending on the team. So in general, uh, in Superflex, I like quarterbacks as well. Um, Clayton Toon, right? He could start week one. Even Colt McCoy, Jacoby Brissett, just some of these guys who might have a shot at starting at some point. Um, So again, quarterbacks, running backs, those are the two I try to hold on to. And wide receivers, tight ends are the ones that I'm more likely to cut. uh, Push comes to shove. I'm with you. I mean, Dave, if you did this last year and you decided to to hold on as, to Quez Watkins, you know, instead of going after and trying to pick up Isaiah Pacheco, you know, like there, there there's those opportunities. Talk to me a little bit about how you go about, you know, navigating this time of year. You're trying to buy those guys that they're getting a little bit of camp hype, but when should you sell them? Because, I mean, we talked about Prince, you know, there were guys that were coming to me saying, you know what, I can get, if I give up Prince in a third, I can get a second. I said, go do it. Because, the chances of that guy hitting and being the next Isaiah Pacheco are 1%. You know, we're talking about a guy, you know, undrafted free agents and things like that. We talk about third and fourth rounders in your rookie draft have, you know, five to 8% hit rate. Some of these other guys are even less. And it's a matter of just making these small moves, right? Pick up a guy, trade him in a fourth for a third and just get out of it. Yeah. Now you, you said it right. I mean, remember Darwin uh, Williams or not Darwin Thompson yeah. uh, three, three, four years ago, you could trade him for a second. Uh, I mean, people were, getting hyped. And so the way I look at hype, uh, I mean, obviously it's nice when you see it, um, but like, Mm -hmm. don't get fooled by the highlights. Like everyone looks good on their highlights. If there's a lot of highlights and everybody is talking about this guy, then yeah, there's there's probably, there's probably something to talk, you know, something to look into, but you know, a lot of these times you see the drill and you're like, who, who is the defender? Oh, is this fifth string guy that's about to be cut and, you know, be working at Walmart next week. And so like, pay a little attention to that. Like, George Pickens' highlight was on Joey Porter. Uh, may have been OPI, but it still was a highlight on Joey Porter. Yeah. And so um, that's how I'm navigating the hype. And I'm also looking at contracts. And so, like, you know, a little bit about the article. Like, one thing I think is extremely important to do is look into the contracts. Like, Alexander Madison's contract, that could have told you Dalvin Cook is going to be out of town. Not just the fact that they changed their, their Twitter banner from – Dalvin Cook to, to Alexander Madison. But before that, Alexander Madison got pretty good guaranteed money in compared to the rest of the, you know, the running backs in the market. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I mean, a lot of times the more Snoop brought up that you check, you know, the betting lines, you brought up that you check the contracts. It's like, you know, when you first start diving into dynasty and fantasy, you're like, you're looking at 
surface level stuff. When you start to talk to some ballers like you guys, it's like, hey, let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's find the meaning. Let's see what's going to actually happen here. And I, I think, you know, waiver time, roster cloggers, this kind of whole situation here. Now's the perfect time to kind of get out of some of those kind of things, make some moves that you can't. Uh, speaking of moves, this is what we're about, man. We want to talk dynasty trades. I know you absolutely love making dynasty trades as well. How many leagues are you in, Dave? Uh, I cut down some, but then I added some more. So I think uh, like 12. Okay. All right. You know, so that's that falls right in the middle. I think Snoog's in the most. I'm somewhere in there. I keep trying to talk Mung into more every single year. You know, we try to get in there. But let's break down some trades. Uh, the first one uh, sent in actually from Smash Except 7. We had a little bit of an overhaul there in that league, but we had Smashing seven, seven, nothing to lose, and K Niddle made a trade. Twelve team Superflex, 0.25 PPC. So that was a lot of information. But Dave, we're looking at, and I sent these all over to you guys. Side A, nothing to lose, gets Miles Sanders and Michael Pittman. Side B gets AJ Dillon, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, Kadarius Tony, and a 25 second. Yeah, I'm going to take the Pittman side. Um, I think there's a whole lot of stuff on the right side. Um, but in two years, I think that, that Pittman's the most valuable piece in that um, in that trade. Um, and so um, I don't know. I mean, know what some of those pieces on the right side are going to look like um, in the next few years. So give me the Pittman side. Yeah, and I mean, Pittman's an, an interesting piece. You know, obviously he's he's gone up and down in, in certain people's evaluations. I mean, if Jonathan Taylor is gone – Dave, that has to be a slightly better thing for Pittman, right? I mean, possibly more targets, more more moving that way. Or do you look at that as the negative? I mean, I think we do need to address since we did. We're talking Colts, the Jonathan Taylor situation. Yeah, um, I just got done talking about Colts uh, earlier, and you know, I, I think you know, like you like uh, like Monk said earlier, the CBA set up to where he has to play some. He can't just sit out the entire year and get credited for this year. Mm -hmm. um, so he has to play some. Um, but at the end of the day, Pittman is the number one on that offense, whether it's going to be a, you know, uh, wide receiver three type of season this year. Um, I think that that's maybe what you get, but you're going to give next year and to build off of that as Anthony Richardson gets better. Um, but he's a good player. He's produced. And then Miles Sanders on top of it, I believe was part of the deal. Um, talk about money. Like he got the best rookie contract of, of all the rookies. And so um, both those guys should get pretty good work. And, you know, A.J. Dillon, I'm just – I'm done with that. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've never been a Mac Jones guy. And so, um, like, for me, I'm thinking long-term. Um, and, like, value, I do – you talk about the dynasty price checks I do. I was shocked at how much love there is for Michael Pittman on the street. Like, I sound like I'm the Michael Pittman fan. There's a lot of Michael Pittman love out there. Yeah, and I, I think – I and shout out to you. I mean, but that was where we, you and I first started connecting is you do a ton of value threads out there, you know, like Michael Pittman, is he worth, you know, this pick, this pick, this pick, thousands of votes in there. I would have to guess, like I would, I would probably be comfortable paying maybe the 110. I feel like Twitter might be as, as high as one eight. Is that about, sound about right? Yeah. I don't know if they've cooled off or not, but like, yeah, that whole Michael Pittman thing started with like, somebody said they were going to sell Michael Pittman. I'm like, well, who's really buying them. And then I did the price check thread and I'm like, all right, I changed my mind. Like you can get 107, 108 for Michael Pittman and a super flex, maybe 108. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's gone. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you have the option of getting, you know, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Dalton Kincaid over Michael Pittman, I'm resetting the, the uh, resetting the time there a little bit. Snoog, you know, I, I, there isn't a ton of sexy names in there. I know Niddle's trying to trade for Mac Jones, but 
this this feels like a smash except on the Pittman side for me. Yeah, for me as well, because although I'm not a big Pittman fan myself, I've been going through a lot of my, Matt Hartman's reception perception data and stuff like that, and Pittman actually stands out well. Dominated press coverage, dominated man. He got double teamed on a lot of his routes run last year, so clearly the NFL thinks differently than I do, so maybe I'm going to have to adjust my rankings on Pittman because he's being treated like he's an alpha one. I get like defenses view him as that, so I'll take that all day in a gamble package. The only valuable piece that I like on that other side is Mac Jones. I don't like Tony. I don't mm-hmm. care for a late or mid 25 second, and I'm sick of AJ Dillon as well. And then Zappy's just a cherry on top. So give me Miles Sanders over most of those pieces, and then give me Pittman over Mac Jones. Mung, you're gonna make it a clean sweep. I know you love yourself some Kadarius Tony. Is that enough to make it sway you at all? You know, uh, we're talking about a Packers running back here, and I will say the Chiefs stands alone because I think I actually prefer that side. Um, I like A.J. Dillon as a post-type sleeper. Aaron Jones, for as good as he's been, I think I have him ranked as a top 12 or 13 redraft running back, but he's 28 years old. I think there's risk that Jones will either fall off this year or just might not even see as much work. I do think that they're going to want to run a lot and try to help – Jordan loves development along, right? And, and kind of rely a little bit more on the run game. I, I'm not sold that Sanders is going to be a workhorse in Carolina. I do think they're still going to mix in Chuba, maybe even Blackshear. And in general, I like Pittman, right? But at the same time, with Anthony Richardson, I think there's going to be some growing pains. I don't see him with a top 12, top 15 wide receiver ceiling. I think he's a fine wide, wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside in fantasy. And again, I think this comes down to I value Sanders and Pittman close-ish to Dylan and Mac Jones. So when you're getting a second on top and throwing in a lottery ticket, I know Kadarius Tony's already hurt. Um, you know, my faith in him is waning already. But at the same time, that ceiling is so high. So if you're going to give me a free shot on Tony in a second and the insurance with Zappy along with Mac Jones, I'm going to lean that side. This is a trade for me, and, and thank you for that. Like, this is a trade for me where I'm trying to pair Pittman and Sanders together to move up, to tear into a spot where I feel like I get a much more usable asset. I'm not a Pittman fan. Sanders, I think, is going to be a fine RB2, but if I can pair these two guys together and move myself up, if I'm a strong contender, if I can pair them together and move up to, you know, Cooper Cup if he's if he's healthy or if I can move myself up to a Drake London if I'm rebuilding like I feel like that's the kind of move that I would like to make here instead of trying to get a bunch of lottery tickets you know Dave I see you shaking your head too you know a lot of times people come to me and I'm sure they do you as well and they're like this side or that side and sometimes the answer is neither it's let's let's think about a different option of this you know and Sanders and Pittman are fine you know you kind of go that way but if you're an all-in team you pair those guys together, I, I know you can get Devontae Adams. I know you can get close to Cooper Cup. I know you can even, in, in some leagues, if they're really hungry, get yourself up into that, you know, that area of Drake London. Yeah, no, you said it. I mean, sometimes you want to pair down and kind of, you know, diversify your team and get some depth. But sometimes it just makes more sense to pair up and to tear up and then get the, the better player. And so, like, he's kind of spread his assets out in that deal. We're getting a whole bunch of stuff. Um, where the other deal, like you said, getting a better player um, and getting one good player versus two okay players. 
Let's talk about good players because the next one's a blockbuster. I know you love one of these guys, Dave, and we got a big trade sent in from the Patreon. And guys, just a quick shout out to the Patreon. Like we are doing rebuild rooms, draft assistance. We got tiered rankings in there. There's over 115 people just talking dynasty trades all the time now. And this one was sent in from Chase, who's super active in there. Dave, we got a blockbuster. It's Garrett Wilson on the one side with Jackson Smith and Jigba, Kenny Gainwell in the third. The other side is Jordan Addison, Rashad White, and Jalen Waddle. So this, there's a big names on this one. Break it down for me, buddy. Oh man, that that is a big one. Um, you know, and, and I I'm not always looking at like what the players are going to do for me this year. I'm also looking at them kind of like with the Pittman trade as assets, and like Waddle is is the biggest asset in that trade. And so JSN is great. Um, him and and uh, Jordan Addison are. One pick uh, apart. I don't know if there's how how like how big of a difference people have with them, but Waddle is the difference maker in that trade, and he makes a. I think he weighs that that side down a lot for me. Okay, so you know where I'm at right now on this one in particular because we we talked about this one. For me, I I have Garrett Wilson above Waddle right now. I was talking with Chris Harris, and he thinks Wilson is the next guy to get into that Jefferson chase tier just gotcha. athletically I, I he totally can put himself there you know so like I, I think those two are I have Wilson a slight tier ahead of Waddle right now I have JSN a tier above Addison and it's Rashad White does he close that gap there Snoog I mean we we got your guys there on the left we got Mung's guys there on the right so let, let's talk about it a little bit yeah for me I think I from a, trying to be from a non-biased standpoint, I'm taking the Garrett side 10 out of 10 times because, like you said, I have Garrett over Waddle. That's my wide receiver five. But, and and even if you it. look at the talent and the value, Garrett Wilson yeah. hype is absurd. I mean, he went in Smash Except 11, he went 201. Like, he mm-hmm. is flying up that board into the, the area of CD Lamb even beforehand because in Dynasty, we want to predict the new hotness. We want to pit, we almost force them up before it happens. You know, we saw a little bit there. I'm with you, Snoop. Yeah, Waddle's great. He's he's my wide receiver six. Garrett's five. But the difference between those two is Garrett is actually the wide receiver one on his team. Playing with, I, I want, I'm want i going to say a better quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is better than Tua, at least for this year and next year. He is one of the best of all time, most talented of all time. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba is just clearing Jordan Addison for me. So I don't think Rashad White's enough for me to tear off Jackson Smith to Jordan Addison. They're getting a lot of good good news from Rashad White. I mean, Baker Mayfield led the league in in, in dump off percentage, and I think Rashad White is a PPR guy. Mung, I mean, Waddle's your guy here. Is this a clear cut win for you on that right side? This is tough because I have Waddle as my dynasty wide receiver four, and Garrett Wilson literally one spot lower as my wide receiver five in dynasty. So that that's pretty much a wash to me. I understand that Tyree Kill is there, but he's 29, and Waddle was already a top 12 PPR points per game wide receiver last year. That's basically mm-hmm. what you're hoping for Garrett Wilson, maybe a slightly higher ceiling. Um, but I think people are sleeping on Waddle in that thinking he's a slot guy with his lack of size, but he plays on the outside a ton. I think if anything were to happen to Hill, he would easily be a top three wide receiver alongside Jefferson and Chase in terms of PPR points. So I, I love Waddle's upside. I think people are sleeping on him a little bit. So while that is a wash for me, I do think I slightly prefer the Garrett Wilson side because 
I do have a slightly larger gap between Jackson Smith and Jigba to Jordan Addison. Uh, I'm not really a believer in Rashad White. So I, I think that Jackson Smith and Jigba is one of the best route runners who's come out in recent years. And I do think that while Lockett and Metcalf are there and while he's going to start slow as a rookie, I, I think the ceiling is still there for him. So I lean the Wilson and uh, JSN side slightly, but it, it's a very fair deal overall, I think. Yeah, and I can I think Addison, I, I've said this multiple times on the podcast, is the wide receiver one in 2023 from the rookie class. You know, he has the, the best situation coming in day one. Um, so that one, a little bit torn on there. No, no problem at all. And that's what I love when we have guests on and when when all of us, Mung and Snoog, you guys have totally different vantage points. And when we break these down, it's just fun. You know, like it gives the listeners so many different options. Uh, well, more importantly, it's it's like in fifth grade math, right? You you want to explain your answer. It's not just if you're right or wrong, right? Yeah. It's show your work. And, and that's why I prefer going over these trades on a podcast versus just a three-word answer from, you know, 50 people on Twitter, right? But it's so much better just putting a random GIF, right? I mean, GIFs are where it's <laughs> I can't, I will not call it a GIF. I'm not going to do it, Dave. Uh, we're looking at the next one from Val from the Patreon, 12-team contender. And he, he uh, reached out to me on this one. He's like, Dad. I got a chance to give up Jamal Williams and Jahan Dotson to get my man Ramondre Stevenson. Is this a is this is this a smash except for you? Are you taking Stevenson or are you on that Jahan Dotson side? Because I know a lot of people love him. Yeah, for this one, I need to know the context. Like I, I know in, in Dynasty, we're not gonna like think yeah. short term. Twelve um, team super flex contender. So he just yeah. put he's in that trying to you know push so, the chips uh, in. And here's the thing with receivers: as much as the value is on that side, that side has the most value. You plug it into a trade chart. You plug it in. And I'm put on Twitter. You're probably that that side's going to win. But at the end of the day, if Ramondre Stevenson makes you a, a serious contender, I'll overpay a little bit and do the trade. So um, I think context extremely important in this one. Cause there's a lot of good receivers. And so not that like, you know, Jahan Dotson and Jameson Williams are just like throw-ins. Like those are very good players, but there's a lot of very good receivers. And if he's got good receiver depth and this makes him a contender, I'm down Stevenson side. I like it. Hey, you know, Snoog, I saw you put out a, a thread recently about broken tackles. I put out a thread recently about targets Ramondre Stevenson's in the top 10 in both of those. You match those two together, that's a perfect blend. And right now he's going at that end of the fourth, early fifth round startups. And I just keep getting him everywhere in trades. I traded Eckler for Ramondre in a first. I can't. I keep messing around with deals where I'm getting Ramondre Stevenson at a discount. Yeah, Ramondre is a beast. I mean, he's what, as a non-biased Pats fan from – from a just talent perspective, he's great. He's he's a workhorse size running back. He can do it all. He has great vision, breaks a ton of tackles, can catch the ball out of the backfield. And he's probably going to be the second option in the receiving game this year. I know they're trying to bring Ezekiel Elliott and things like that, but I think they're just trying to keep him fresh because nowadays teams are running their workhorse running backs into the ground and they're not getting a lot of time and value and years out of them. Like Jonathan Taylor, two great years, bum ankle back apparently hurting now it's just happening they're breaking down because yeah. linebackers run four threes and the d linemen run four fives so but i'm pretty sure dave i don't know if you saw it's jamal williams not jameson williams so it would probably change change your perspective even more on that so i'm gonna smash Ramondre's side yeah mung i mean this is we're, we're playing with your heartstring on all these because i feel like the one side we didn't do this on purpose but the one side's like 
Snoog's guys, the other guys are your guys. I know you like Jahan Dotson a lot, but is this enough to to move you away from Ramondre Stevenson? Yeah, I mean, look, I like Jahan Dotson, but I think he's a wide receiver three flex option in fantasy, right? I don't know that he has elite upside, even if McLaurin were to miss time. Um, maybe he becomes a top 15 wide receiver at that point. But And despite the fact that I do think it's still going to be a committee in New England, uh, I have Ramondre Stevens, I think, ranked as a back-end RB1 for redraft. Mm -hmm. Um, But he does have that ceiling, right? If we see Bill Belichick actually commit to one running back, it sounds like they're exploring signing some vets. But the ceiling is there for Ramondre Stevenson. And more importantly, the perceived value is there, right? We talk about all the time that whether or not you believe in a guy, you know what the market feels, right? Even if you hated Garrett Wilson for whatever reason, you're not selling him for less than two firsts at this point because you know you can get that. Somebody in your league believes, uh, if not five or six or more of your league mates. So I think Ramondre is the clear answer for me here. I, I don't think anyone expects Jamal Williams to run for another 17 touchdowns like he did last season. And like I said, Dotson, I like him, don't love him. So give me Ramondre. All right, next one sent in from Shane Hagen from the Patreon. And this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I mean, if you guys have been following me on Twitter, it's rebuild this, rebuild that, because I'm trying to teach you guys how to put your roster into the right situation. And, uh, you know, Dave, we're looking at this first trade. We already talked about Pittman before, but he's got Kenny Pickett, who's his QB3. So Kenny Pickett, Michael Pittman, and a 24 first or T. Higgins in a 24 third. In this particular situation, if you look at his roster, he is trying to 100% create a positional void and get rid of the quarterback position as his backup. You know, So he's trying to move Pickett, add Pickett to Pittman to get to Higgins. Is that enough? Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Smash except, baby. That's T. Higgins. I mean, I don't know where you're at, but – I just keep seeing people be way, way too low on T. Higgins. I saw DJ Moore in a second the other day. I saw people, you know, Alvin Kamara in a pair of seconds. And I'm like, T. Higgins is in a contract year. He's either going to leave Cincinnati or stay with, oh, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, easy. I love it. Love it. Uh, anybody got any any on the other side? I mean, Shane, I, I thought that was an absolute smash, except no debating on that one. Snoog, another one sent in from a guy super active in there in the Patreon, AJ Seltenreich. Really hope I pronounced that right. And Snoog, I'm going to you first because this one I think is going to take some time. Would you sell Jameer Gibbs? And your answer is probably going to be no before you even say anything. Deontay Johnson and Darren Waller for Kenneth Walker, Mark Andrews, and Zay Flowers. That's that's a lot to wrap my head around, but I think I'm – definitely leaning the Gibbs side because I look at it like I'd take Gibbs over Kenneth Walker and Zay Flowers and then I'd take Deontay and Waller for Andrews and then whatever the gap is that would take me to move Gibbs for Zay and Kenneth Walker but I think Mark Andrews is easily the second most valuable player in this trade so that's why it's kind of tough especially if it's a heavy tight end premium league but Gibbs is like a third round start of value right now. And I think there's an easy path for him to be in that early second range. Like we saw with Javante Williams and all those guys. So wheels up for Gibbs. Yeah. Definitely that side. It's 12 team. It's 1.5, your normal tight end premium, which to me doesn't change things too much. I love how you broke it down. Cause I'm on the same side. 
I know the Kenneth Walker, Andrews, and Flowers has some upside there, but for me, it's Gibbs over Andrews. He says he's a win-now team, so I think Deontay Johnson is going to have a better season than, than, say, Flowers, and I think Darren Waller is going to be right there. I just don't I, – I feel like the value is on the, the Walker-Andrews side, but I just hate giving up a guy like Jameer Gibbs. Mung, I, I know where you're going to go on this one. This is kind of back and forth with you. I want to get Dave first. Dave, again, Gibbs, Deontay, and Waller, or KW3, Andrews, and Flowers. Yeah, for this one, it's all about how comfortable you are with with Ken Walker and and that situation over there in Seattle. Um, you know, it, it's really frustrating to hear this this injury news. Being week to week is not good. Yeah, uh, it's not good. And, and I don't know how that's gonna you know how it's gonna handle things, but the Charbonnet addition, all those things added. So, uh, you know, I'm gonna take the Gibbs side. I, I think that you know receiving backs do last a little bit longer in this league, and you have longer you know longer careers. You see that with Kamara. You see that with Eckler. And so you're getting a little bit more with that, kind of the opposite you said earlier about like rushing quarterbacks. They don't have as long as it shelf life as a pocket mm-hmm. passer. And so uh, I'll take the Gibbs side. I think it's a very fair deal. Like I think this win all around for everybody. But like if you want to win now, take the Gibbs side. Yeah, and I think it, it's crazy to think like six months ago, Dynasty so so like the entire offseason is crazy. If you would have said this was a trade that you were going to make before Charbonnet got drafted there, you're like, Oh, this ain't even close. Like this is an absolute smash except. And I think we have to look at that sometimes. Like sometimes we're making trades and people think that it is an absolutely horrible trade in February, but then we get to August and it looks great. So it's like, we we talk about etiquette on here a lot. Like don't downgrade different owners. I've seen a lot of that in the last couple of weeks of people, well, you don't know what you're talking about. This doesn't do anything. This is bad. You know, and it ultimately just pushes guys the wrong direction. You want to create as many trade partners as possible by keeping things positive in your league and enjoying it. Speaking of that, Mung, there's no way you don't take the Baltimore side because I know you love those guys. I, I do lean that side, but I'll say it's a pretty close deal. Right, because to me, I would value Gibbs and Waller somewhat close to Walker and Andrews. Right, I think you're upgrading at running back to downgrade slightly at tight end with some injury risk. And for me, it comes down to Flowers over Deontay Johnson because I think Deontay Johnson's a good wide receiver. Um, plenty has been analyzed about his touchdown regression this year, and I do think that Johnson's going to be a, a solid wide receiver two option. I just happen to think that Zay Flowers can be something special. I think he has a solid chance to be the top wide receiver in Baltimore. And I think that this is a good year to do it under Todd Monken with Greg Roman gone. And uh, yeah, I, I have him in the same tier as JSN. So for me, it comes down to Flowers over Deontay. Dave, we talked about trades you don't make. I mean, I'm looking at this right now and you know, it's 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 sometimes it's very cut and dry. You know, like oh, this team's contending and this team's rebuilding. It's an even trade. This one's one of those ones I talk about it a lot, where it's like this guy probably wants Gibbs and wants to get rid of Walker. And it's a matter of like instead of doing a one for one, start to try to make it a two for two, make it a three for three, a three for two. You know, like there are very few trades where it's like a running back for a running back, and you're like, oh, well, that worked out well. You know, and I don't know how you go about that, but when people message me that on Twitter, I'm just like. Let's let's change it up a little bit. Maybe this guy that that's getting Deontay didn't like Flowers as much as the guy that's getting him. You know, like you get a two for two, everybody feels like they win. Yeah, I mean, typically the guy that's on your team, at, you know, if you're doing running back for running back, you probably like the guy on your team a little bit better, especially when you're talking about guys that are very close. So, um, yeah, you're gonna have to you know think outside the box with it. And 
you know, at the end of the day, um, sometimes the best trade you make is the one you don't make. And so like, if you got Gibbs and you're going to sell them, make sure that you're getting pieces that you like. Don't just look at like, Oh, this is fair value. Like yeah, you have players you like. And so I, I think in this case, like if you needed a tight end and a tight end premium and you ended up with Andrews, like it can't say you lost. Like that's not right. a bad deal. I like flowers a lot. And I like, like what Monk said in regards to, you know, Deontay Johnson, maybe he's more of a descending player than, you know, where he's plateaued a little bit versus where Zay Flowers is it's a wild card. He could end up being nothing, mm-hmm. but he could end up being great. And he got first round draft capital. He's a he's a very, very good prospect. And uh, you know, I, I think I think it's a very good trade. Yeah, and Snook, there's these opportunities here. We look at this trade. I never want to give up the best piece. Like I, I like to try to move that way, unless I'm getting first round picks. Like if I'm tearing down and trading. Gibbs and getting Ramondre Stevenson in a mid first or something like that. I'm okay with that. I hate giving up the best guy in the deal because let, I mean, look at this scenario where, you know, Waller gets hurt. Deontay gets hurt. All of a sudden that trade changes completely. You know, I, I think this is a, an interesting trade. I, I'm just, I have a hard time giving up Gibbs. I know that this guy is the real deal. Yeah. And just like what Dave said, it's all about getting players you like. I'm not the biggest Deontay Johnson fan at all. I'm not a big believer in Kenny Pickett, so I think that's where the, those issues kind of collide there. But I know there is people out there that do, so I'd be looking to flip him instantly as soon as I got that trade done. Or maybe what I would try to do is set up a three-way trade, get get a Deontay fan involved that would maybe give me like a 25 first for Deontay or mm-hmm. like a George Pickens plus or like someone in that same realm of value. And then it's just – all based on value. I think Gibbs is easily, without a doubt, the most valuable player in that trade. So you're getting the top-tier asset with him. And if you don't like the other guys, like I said, just flip them for guys you like. There's always going to be a believer in someone that you don't like. So you can just take advantage of that. I like it. Mung, I'm seeing Jamar Chase trades everywhere, and it's just blowing my mind. Like, if I have Jamar Chase, you're going to have to pry him out of my hands. I mean, this guy, I think, is going to – be phenomenal and my my wide receiver one for the year i mean i i like jefferson long term mung we got a couple of dynasty trades here i want to break down with jamar chase and when we're doing this i want want to talk about the longevity of jamar chase and what we're actually potentially experiencing here first one brandon sweeney and a 10 teamer jamar chase or aj brown and kyle pitts so there's a lot of different ways when we break these down it's like Think about what your dynasty teams are, what you're trying to get out of it. This particular area, you're getting two elite level, you know, potential assets for Jamar Chase in a 10-teamer Mung. What are you feeling? Oh, smash except Brown and Pitts. I, I am super high on A.J. Brown. He's my wide receiver four in redraft. Mm-hmm. I think he's just half a tier below Jefferson and Chase. And uh, when you're picking up a guy like Pitts who has – potential to be an elite tight end or at the very least you can flip for a first right so however you want to look at it even if it's just pure value wise the gap between chase and brown is far less than a first to me if you had to guess a twitter poll what what kind of percentages were at on that dave i know you're the guy the guy out there throwing polls out there you're always answering questions how close do you think this one is uh, it's probably a lot closer than it should be um it's 50 50- Fifty-four forty-six. It's really yeah. pretty close. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say sixty forty. Um, yeah, if people love Chase and uh, people are down on Pitts, um, so yeah, that's a that's a smash for you there. The two for one as well. Snoog, I mean, are you taking the Chase side? You got to look at the stud you're getting. But like in this instance, for me to be this to be fair, maybe it's 
Olave and Pitts, or even less, like slightly under that, maybe Tyreek Hill and Pitts. You know, like, no, that's probably not enough. But AJ Brown, I got him as my wide receiver five. I know you have him in a similar area too, Snoop. Yeah, he's my four. And just like what Mung said, he has insane redraft upside. He's one of like the most talented wide receivers in the NFL, without a doubt. And he's insanely efficient. I know you in love sitting on your couch every Sunday, Dad, and watching Jalen Hurts throw up mercy balls to him and watching him catch him double covered in the end zone. So I get my Kelly Green a, jerseys, baby. This yeah, is beautiful. It's beautiful. a very real pop possibility that AJ Brown yeah. can outscore Jamar Chase in a two year window. So I'm smashing that. I look at it like a free two extra first on top because I'm not the biggest Kyle Pitts fan. So I'd probably just flip him for like George Kittle and like first round pick and like a second round pick and go win myself a championship. So tear it down and go beast mode. Dave, yeah. we got another one sent in from at Nagel skillet, Jamar chase or Brandon. Ayuk, DK Metcalf, a 24 first and a 24 second. Now it's a 12 team super flex PPR start nine, not our normal start 10. So Jamar chase, or Ayuk Metcalf, a first and a second. Let's just call it a mid, just just to be on the fair side. Yeah, I mean, if I guess if you're trying to rebuild and, and you know uh, get some more assets, um, Metcalf and, and Ayuk are, are definitely not in the same category as like an AJ Brown. So yeah. you're getting two wide receiver twos for probably the number two wide receiver, and then you're getting a uh, mid first and then a second. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think you're getting fair value for Chase. If you're looking at it, you're getting what's equivalent to Metcalf is worth a first. Then you got Ayuk's probably worth an early second, maybe or a second, little second plus. Then you're getting a first and second. So you're getting like three firsts and two seconds for Chase. So, I mean, you're getting fair value for it if you're, you know, if you're trying to either spread your assets out or just mm-hmm. rebuild a little bit. When you're looking at elite assets, Dave, I mean, if someone comes to you and wants Jefferson or Chase, I always say I want a little bit of a premium. You know, like fair market value is fine for a Tyreek Hill. Fair market value is fine for George Pickens. Fair market value with those guys. I mean, these are guys that are set it and forget it top five every year for at least the next five to eight years. Yeah, we said it earlier when I was talking about Jahan Dotson and and Mung was talking about Jahan Dotson, like, yeah, like he's a good player and I think he's got some value, but like he's one of like 20 players that you could just like mm-hmm. pick one and take them. There's only one Jamar Chase, only one Jamar, you know, Justin Jefferson, and like they're in a tier of their own. And so if you want to get into this tier, you better come with a serious offer. And if you don't, then I'm just going to turn you down. And if you come with an, a fair market offer, I'm going to say thanks, but not, I'm not going to do it. And, you know, like what I'm going to do is say, okay, if I'm really trying to trade these guys, Say, hey, monks, they just offered me this. I think it's an okay deal, but it's not gonna not gonna do it. And so you're gonna say, okay, like, you willing to do something more? Yeah. Like I think it's fair to, to say, like, hey, you may have to drop names, but hey, I'm getting offered this player and this player for this player. Are you willing to beat it? And it, sometimes it's the assets you have. I mean, this one's this one's nice. Mung in Smash Except Three, you know, that's my one where I had all 12 first round picks. So I'm really consolidating. I already have Jamar Chase. I already have Alave. I got everything in there. So I want you to roast me. Feel free to do it. But I traded Jackson Smith and Jigba. I traded Dalton Kincaid and Zay Flowers and a late 24 first to go all in and get Jefferson and then Trey McBride on the back half. So it's four firsts. I know that's kind of crazy. 
But the rest of my team, it, it's like I have all the skill. I mean, it's Bijan, it's Gibbs, it's Brees Hall. It's like the top, the essentially the entire first round of a one quarterback league. Yeah, I don't love it, but I also <laughs> I also don't hate it, right? I mean, you can't be that mad at getting Jefferson. It's just, especially if your team is as low as you're saying. I, I think it's a calculated risk on face value. I think you lost a little bit, but yeah, I yeah, agree. If, if you win a title, then hey, that's all that matters. It'll be forgotten, right? Just like less need. We're gonna we're gonna all those picks. Exactly. We're going to play a little game here. We've never done this before. Uh, we're going to play pick your smash. So we're going to pick a guy. We're going to go to Bulletproof. It's bulletproofff.com. Has all the most recent sleeper trades. So I'm going to let you guys pick a player. And then we're going to go with the most recent dynasty trade. And I want you guys to evaluate it. Dave, you're up first. What player would you like to cover? Anthony Richardson. All right. So Anthony Richardson, right now, current ADP is at uh, he's all the way up to 201 on sleeper. The first trade that we have to break down here is an interesting one. So we have Anthony Richardson, Daniel Jones, Jahan Dotson for Patrick Mahomes and Sky Moore. Yeah, so this is exactly what I was envisioning in my head when I brought him up. Um, I was just talking to somebody about this, and he's a good player to, to use to tear up right now. I was yeah. listening to the, the, the Ballers Dynasty show, and they're talking about using, you know, using Anthony Richardson plus, uh, you know, plus something else to go get Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. and so getting Patrick Mahomes was even like better than mm-hmm. expected. So I think Richardson's going to be good, um, but like I just, I got tempered expectations for this year. I think it's going to be good, but I think you can use all the hype to go get one of those premier guys, whether it's Jalen Hurts, Josh mm-hmm. Allen, or Patrick Mahomes. And he's a perfect guy to use as a core piece of that package. I love that. I in in Smash Except, uh, I believe it was four. I traded Anthony Richardson and and the one o or Anthony Richardson and Trey Lance. Now this was way back in in April for Jalen Hurts, and it just like ran to the bank with that one. I think Anthony Richardson. I want to break him down a little bit. I think Anthony Richardson. We're expecting to be Justin Fields from twenty twenty two. When there's a chance he could be Justin Fields from 2021. Like, I, I feel like we have to understand some growing pains there. Um, among, I know you're really big on Richardson, but would you give up Patrick Mahomes for Richardson, Daniel Jones, and Jahan Dotson? Uh, no, I would take Mahomes. I'm fine with um, selling Mahomes for Richardson Plus, but I, I would want more value because while I, I think Jones is going to be a top 12 fantasy quarterback this year. I just don't think he's ever going to be valued as highly as he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's like that Kirk Cousins type where people just don't care that much about him one way or the other. And again, I, I think the raw upside of Anthony Richardson is absolutely incredible. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen guys like Fields and J- Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, you know, struggle as passers early in their careers, but it doesn't matter. They're still top five, top six fantasy options. So Again, I'm fine with making that type of move, but I'd want more than Dotson and Daniel Jones on top. Right. I'd want at um, least solid, you know, first round picks, et cetera. Dave, since we talked about it, I'm going to give you a bonus one here because there's another one in a 12 team Superflex Anthony Richardson, Christian Watson, and a random 24 first or Justin Jefferson. Now, this is, this is a stockpile here. This is, you know, if you look at startup versus players, I mean, the startup, you're looking at 107 versus 201, but then you see what that is. 
what is this enough for you to to move off of Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love Anthony Richardson. I think he's got good upside. I, I don't devalue the player. But, like, Justin Jefferson is a known commodity. This guy had 1,400 yards as a rookie. Um, and, and Kirk Cousins, like, yeah, he's he's a, he's mid. You know, he's not, he's not great, but like he's that. not. And so, like, I don't think that, like, if Kirk Cousins were to leave, that, like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I just – I think Justin Jefferson's a known commodity. You go with the known commodity. Christian Watson had a couple good weeks last year. He still doesn't have, like, proven value on the market. Random 24 first. I could hit. I could not hit on that pick. And they had Richardson. So, um, yeah, I'll take Jefferson. A lot of risk on that one. I get it. Snoog, pick your smash. Who's your guy? This guy right here. Is he pointing to Alvin Kamara? Yeah. Oh, man, you're like you're, – you're picking way deep down in there. While we're talking, I mean, would you move Jefferson for that? That's a lot of pieces – on on paper, it, it looks like a little bit more value, but you got to weigh the risk there, Justin Jefferson. Uh, yeah, that that's when it's come down to just if your team needs the depth and stuff like that. I mean, like you said, I, I'm not one to give up one of those top tier guys if I have them. They're they're kind of like my anchor piece, and it doesn't feel good when you trade Justin Jefferson, but it feels good when you trade for him, like Monk said as well. So it that's tough. It literally will just come down to like if my team's weak depth wise and I have no other option to kind of transition into building my roster out another way. So. All right, let's do it. I got three quick ones for you. The first one I'm just saying, just so you can laugh because we've been ripping on AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon straight up for Alvin Kamara. Now the second one is Alvin Kamara for a random 2025 first. I see three of them in the last 24 hours. I'm going to go with the first just because it's like, a lot safer of an asset you can always flip that first and it's just going to get more and more valuable as the years pass but Kamara is just so good and everyone forgets that it's just been a situation that was so bad the last two years but he's one of few running backs in the past seven years that has been just a, an RB1 every single year regardless of his situation his lowest points per game finishes RB13 other than that top eight every single year even without Breeze so he was actually RB4 without Drew Brees, and everyone was so nervous that Drew Brees was gone and they're not going to be that great. But they got they got weapons now. MT should be healthy. Olave is going to be even better this year. They got finally running backs that are competent to take some of the weight load off Kamara so they're not giving them running back dives off the center's butt. So hopefully Kamara can be the efficient guy he was. And Derek Carr loves to check the ball down as much as he loves to throw it deep. It's either a 70-yard bomb picked off or – in the hands of Chris Olave, or he's checking it down to Kamara for a first down. So as long as that suspension's not more than four or five games, and I think I'm all in on him this year. Some of these trades are going to blow your mind. A.T. Perry in a 25-second. Uh, we got Ezekiel Elliott in a 25-second. We have uh, – what's this one here? These are these are blowing my mind. Antonio Gibson and Jalen Reed for Kamara in a second. Like – Kamara is way too cheap. Like, don't give him away. Like, this is almost like you're envisioning a full year suspension on some of these trades. It, it's Craziness. so crazy that Austin Eckler is valued where he is because Kamara is a way better player than Austin Eckler. Like, he blows the doors off Austin Eckler as a football player. And if their role sheer talent fair, and and position, oh, it's not even yeah. close. It's not even close. Kamara is still a top five running back on a talent perspective. So, Mung, pick your smash. Who are we going with? 
Uh, you know, we talked about him earlier on the show. Let's go with Zay Flowers because I feel like he's still being supremely slept on by the majority of the dynasty community. I was going to predict that one. I was kind of figuring that's where you were going to go there. So we're looking at right now, Zay Flowers is the wide receiver 33 off the board. He's the 709. Some of the trades that we're looking at for Zay Flowers. Let's pick it up here. Zay Flowers. And a worry 25 first. There's well, quick, three, three of them. 30 what? 33 going off the board. Uh, his current ADP, he goes after Jahan Dotson, but before Hollywood Brown. So just as a for reference before we even get into these, he's my wide receiver 16 in Dynasty right now. I have him at 26, so I feel like this is actually pretty low. Um Overall, like I, I think we have a lot of guys in that area that there there is a big cluster here, and I'm sure Dave would attest to that too. Is like you you have your elite guys in that top eight to ten, you got those veterans in that next eleven to like fifteen, and then from like wide receiver eighteen, which is Christian Watson, to like Brandon Ayuk at twenty seven. Like there there's a big cluster there. There's a lot of you know pick your guy, and I think if Zay Flowers is your guy, you can definitely extrapolate or, and not extrapolate extract <laughs> extract some value there make sure we kind of get yourself into position so we're looking at wide receiver 33 let's look at some of these traits so the first one random 25 first so you drafted him for a 23 first and people are selling him for a random 25 first that's just bad dynasty principle there like you are literally saying okay i had the 110 i'm going to trade it for not a 24 first but Two years from now, we're just going to move out that way. Yeah, I mean, even if you don't love anyone there, at least get a 2025 first plus a second, right? <laughs> yeah. We got Zay Flowers or J.K. Dobbins. Oh, uh, give me Flowers. I think there's upside with Dobbins because of how Monken uses the running backs more um, mm -hmm. in the receiving game. But I, I still think Flowers has a better chance to be a – top 12 fantasy wide receiver than Dobbins does to be a top 12 fantasy running back. Multiple trades here of Jamison Williams in a random 24 second for Zay Flowers. Oh yeah, give me Flowers. Uh, I, I like Jamison Williams quite a bit, um, but with the suspension and he was already, you know, it was a minor injury, but he's another one of those guys who scares me where the talent is, the ceiling is so, so high, but one, the, the injuries, um, two, he's already behind in development with the recovery last year and then the suspension this year. And I just don't think he's a good fit for Jared Goff's skill set. So depending on what they do at quarterback, um, I don't think he'll be maximized if Goff stays in Detroit. Last one, Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison for Jalen Waddle. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to poke at your heart a little bit, you know what I mean? Just see, see what you're made of. Yeah, I, I love the ceiling with Flowers. Um, I, I like Addison as well. But like I said with Waddle, I, I think he is being slept on as well, where he already is close to that elite tier. And for whatever reason, just because Tyree kills there, um, he's not valued as such. I, you know, people mm -hmm. talk about Devontae Smith being more of the 1B uh, than, the, than the number two in Philadelphia, right? And I, I think that holds even more true for Waddle in Miami. All right, Dave, let's get your other one. Pick your smash here. Garrett Wilson. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Garrett Wilson right now is going off at the 204 as the wide receiver five. We have a couple trades here that I think are quite interesting. Jameer Gibbs and Zay Flowers or Garrett Wilson and a 25 second. Oof. So you're looking at 
Yeah, I'm still gonna I'm gonna take Garrett Wilson on this one. Same. Same. Um, but this is a that's a that's a good that's a good sell. If you're gonna sell high on, on Garrett Wilson and get Zay Flowers and, and Gibbs back, um, you know, just looking at Flowers versus the ECR, so I want to see where I had him. I'm at 28. But you look at a lot of the guys in that range, and if I were to say like you were on the clock at 110, and I offered you Deontay Johnson, it'd be like a smash reject. And then like there people rank Deontay Johnson above Zay Flowers. Yes. Like, it doesn't add up, right? Yeah, it doesn't add up at all. And a lot of these players, like a lot of players, I won't, you know, but yeah, give me the Garrett Wilson side on that one. Um, but I think it's a that's that's a really tough trade. If you have Garrett Wilson, I mean, you know, I'm seeing JSN in a random 24th first, CD Lamb, Brandon Ayuk in 224 first, 325 first. And then I, I mean Justin Fields straight up like I'm I like if you're playing Superflex that that's almost impossible to turn down. But we've been talking about this guy. I want to talk about it because this is a trade I get at least twice a day. Dad, should I trade Jefferson for Garrett Wilson in a 24 first? Mm. I, I'm sticking with Jefferson. Uh, where does that know. where's that cutoff for you? Right, like if it's that's I tell people first. it has to be three. Right, if it's not Caleb Drake. Or, or Marvin, then I'm like, okay, it's okay. You know, we might have broke even. Yeah, it, it's going to have to be at least uh, an early – it's going to be an early first in that one. A mid first, I'll think about it, um, but you just don't know. Um, but if it's a, like a contender, not even – I'm not doing that. Yeah, and it, that's where if you believe in Garrett Wilson, there is some some value to be had there. Uh, Snoog, we got one more each here. Snoog, pick your, pick your smash. Okay, I'm going to go with Travis Etienne. Of course you are. Of course you are. If you guys don't know, he's the biggest Travis Etienne fan in the world. RB8, current ADP of 405. The trade we're looking at right now is... One second. Nick Chubb and Gabe Davis or Travis Etienne? I... I do not like Gabe Davis at all. He's basically but you love like, Nick Chubb. Yeah. If someone puts Gabe Davis in a trade, I'm just gonna counter and replace him with a second and see if they do that. But if if Dynasty is truly to be played in the three year window, I think there is a very, very high chance that Nick Chubb outproduces Travis Etienne within the next two years. And with how fragile the running back position is and how much you cycle out of it. I think I'm just going to go with Nick Chubb and get guaranteed production. There is some risk with Travis Etienne. I just think the upside is so crazy, especially in that offense. There's a lot of pumping of Tank Bigsby lately in training camp, but there's also been a ton of Travis Etienne pumping, saying he's catching everything out of the backfield. It seems like they're both being used as um, receivers out of the backfield. So it's just like, I think they want their running backs to be able to consistently catch. Tank's Mm going to play, but Travis Etienne was literally the most efficient running back and one of the best pure rushers in the league last year coming off a Lynch Frank injury. Other than Hollywood Brown, I can't name another NFL player that actually recovered positively from that and it didn't ruin their career. So that isn't a joke of an injury. So it's impressive to be able to come off that and throw up 1,100 yards on five yards per carry in a terrible offensive line. So Travis Etienne is him, but I'm just going to lean Nick Chubb here for value purposes. I, w- I won't rebuttal on that because Dave, if you if you follow Snoog, you know he says buy Travis Etienne everywhere, and if you follow me, you know I'm saying sell him. So settle the debate. Which what what are you doing on? Are you buying or selling? 
Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's we'll see what the offers are. Um, oh, he's I, going I, in the middle. That's yeah, safe. I, very Switzerland. Yeah, I I like him. I do I do think that you know Peterson does use more of a running back from committee, and you can't really do that with your Michael Hasty and Travis Etienne. Um, you know, Bigsby is someone that shouldn't get you know, but does that open up more passing game work for Etienne? And and he's on a great you know great offense. So I, I'm not gonna. And, and you look at the running back landscape. There's so many question marks and so many older running backs. It's really hard to get rid of Etienne, and that's why I'm on the fence. So I'd have to have a good offer. I like the player. I like the situation. Um, and he's also got that fifth year option. So he's got to be there for another two years at least. Um, with with you know Trevor Lawrence, his buddy. So I'm I'm not selling him. Um, but if the, if the right offer came, you could get him from me. Yeah, and for me, I mean, I'm seeing. I saw a trade on here. It was Javante Williams in a first for Etienne in a second. Damian Pierce and a first. J.K. Dobbins in a first. If I can insulate, that's what I'm doing there. But Mung. Last one, pick your smash. Would it be a smash show if we didn't talk about Trey Lance a little bit? Oh, gosh. We're going to make me go way down and try to find out (laughs) where he is. Because I literally – now, it says 706 QB21. That is not accurate right now. I'm doing a lot of, uh, in our Patreon, draft assistance and helping guys, you know, figure out where to draft Aaron. He's going in that 9, 10 range. But let's talk about QB21 at the 706. We have – Trey Lance and three firsts or Joe Burrow? Oh, that's, that's <laughs> tough because, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not delusional in thinking that, you know, I would sell Joe Burrow for just Lance, but three firsts on top? I, I think I'd sell Burrow for that. I can't. I can't. I actually want a quarterback that plays on the return. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. How about Trey Lance and Gerald Everett or Jimmy Garoppolo? Like that, 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 that where we're that's at? real. No, I'm looking at these trades and it's blowing my mind, Mung, because they're either that Dave Trey Lance is the hardest person to value, right? I mean, I'm sure you've done multiple value charts. I mean, can you get a first for Trey Lance anymore? And I, I don't think you can. I, I haven't done one recently. So the last time I did, you could. Um, it was like a 107, but that yeah. was like Brock Purdy, yeah. you know, didn't. I'd say right now that if I did this, you'd probably like Purdy was going for like 211, 212 back then, like May. And so I think he's closer and Lance is back where Lance is probably, you probably get late second for him. I think that maybe a mid second, but like, yeah, there's, there's, there's believers out there, but there's also a lot of people that are super nervous. He's a really hard guy to sell. He's probably a hold. Mung, we got Trey Lance in a 25 second for Jared Goff. We have Trey Lance in a 25 first for Kirk Cousins. Almost on deals like that, it's almost free. Like you're, you're you're working your way in there. So if you guys are looking in Trey Lance for what are, two 25 seconds, Trey Lance for a random 24 second, Trey Lance for Ryan Tannehill. Woo! Like, <laughs> that's a different game. Like if you need I, Ryan, I like Tannehill. Wow. If you need Tannehill that bad, just just. Just don't like, let's not do that. So guys, this was a great show. This was a lot of fun. Dave, we enjoyed having you on the show. I want to make sure that you get a, you know, another chance to really talk about where people can find you, any work you had. And like I said, man, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. Yeah. Appreciate it guys. I love the show and uh, you can get uh, get all my work at, at SGPN. Um, so it's sports podcast.com or SGPN fantasy for like YouTube. Um, I got my own channel on TikTok, and you can follow me on Twitter, X, whatever it's called, 
It's a dynasty dorks one word. I still can't call it X. You know, I just still can't go there. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process. I keep looking at my app and I'm